Welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe, and we're back for our second part of our trip recap to the Tokyo Disney Resort. So if you didn't listen to last week, be sure to check that one out where we cover our experience at Tokyo Disneyland. Yes. So it, we went into a lot of detail. It ended up being a pretty long episode. Yeah. We talked about... <laughs> All the different rides. I mean, there really was a we lot to get into. We were both pretty exhausted by the time we were done recording. We talked so much. Yeah, it just because there's there's a lot of rides there, a lot of really unique stuff that is similar to the U.S. parks, but then a lot of stuff that's different. So it just really made it really interesting. So we we really dove into a lot there. So this week we'll be talking about our experience at Tokyo Disney Sea, which many theme park aficionados say is the greatest theme park ever built. So we'll yeah. kind of we'll kind of discuss our thoughts on that um, at the end. But before we get into our, our trip recap, get into a little bit of the news for the week. One thing that was interesting is last week when we were talking about Tokyo Disneyland, the one interesting thing we talked about was Small World and how there are Disney characters in It's a Small World over there. And we talked about how you know, we really liked that, how there was Anna and Elsa and Simba and Aladdin and all those different people. And we really wish they would bring that over to the U.S. parks. Yeah, I think I counted. I can't remember exactly the number, but it was like 19 different characters or something. 19 different movie franchises I think there's like 40. represented. Yeah, I looked up. I think there's like 40 plus. Well, in, yeah, and that's probably Tokyo. like yeah. with the characters. I was just talking about the movies exactly. in general because exactly. some of them were Aladdin and Jasmine. Like, um, yeah, you have Anna, Elsa, and, Olaf. That's three right, right there. Right, exactly. So, right. So, so we had talked about this. Now, we we were saying, hey, we, we wish you know this came to the U.S. parks. Now, uh, being a little bit naive since we've not been to Disneyland that much, apparently <laughs> Disneyland does have some characters. So they did an update. I want to say in two thousand eight, where they added characters similar to Tokyo Disneyland. So I feel like I vaguely recall this now that we mention it, but I think that's just my well, we mind. We didn't ride. I don't think we we didn't ride. Oh, you're right. We, we didn't did ride it. small. See, my yeah. mind is recalling something I never even did. Yeah, so we didn't ride it. it's a small world in Disneyland, so that's why we didn't realize that. Now, the Disneyland version does have less characters. I think they I read they have somewhere around like 28, 29 different characters where uh Tokyo Disneyland has, like I said, close to like 40 or so. So uh, how this came up is there's actually a, a news rumor that Walt Disney World, which does not have any characters, is going to be undergoing a refurbishment and remodeling for the 50th anniversary Woo-hoo. to add the characters in there, similar to how they have it at Tokyo and in California. It's going to be such a great update because, like I said, it was it made riding It's a Small World more fun than just, hey, I want to get out of the heat. It was, hey, I want to find as many characters I can, as I can. So I'm not saying we made this happen because we talked about all. it last week and we were like, hey, this needs to get done. But I do find it you know, pretty interesting that you know, we talked about it last week that, hey, it should be at the theme parks and then... Within a week, they announced that Disney World is thinking about this. So, coincidence? I think not. I'm not sure. That's that's for the listeners to decide. (laughs) So, the other thing I wanted to talk about is D23 is going to be this weekend. And Disney released, uh, a week or so ago, they released all of the panels. And on uh, the one day, there's going to be a panel, and it's called Secret Disney, Walt Disney Company (laughs) Project. 
Ooh. So Disney announced that on the 22nd of August, so this week, a few days before D23, they are going to be announcing a secret project that the company's been working on. So there's been a ton of speculation on this on the internet about exactly what this could be. And you and I have had a lot of conversations about this outside of podcasts. Um, and we, at first, I thought it was going to be a movie. And because, of course, that's where my mind goes. And um, I think you kind of, you started to think about amusement park. And then I think you arrived on what it well, probably will be. Well, it's interesting because if you look at it, like I said, there's a lot of speculation. They already have panels on the the theme park. So there, you know, there, there's going to be a panel about parks and resorts and, and Disney cruises. There's already a panel on Disney Plus. So you don't think it's going to be something about that. There's already a, a panel on movies. So, and it's not necessarily a, a secret theme park project. It's a secret company project. So you kind of have to rule those out. Now, what it could be is a brand new theme park. I don't think necessarily in Florida, but what I have read is that Disney apparently has been having talks with India what? to open up a theme park in, in India. So that apparently Bob Iger secretly been going to India with Bob Chapek. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We did not have this discussion. Yeah. So so that's one of the things that, that it potentially could be because it's something that nobody really knows about. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a huge announcement as that because very few people know about it outside the, the top of the company. There's been no real leaks about it. So it could be something about Bob Iger's secession. It seems strange to talk about at D23. It could be, like I said, maybe their interest in a park in India. That does seem to be something um, that would be a pretty big announcement that they would want to have an hour panel on, but maybe they don't have any like concrete plans yet. It's more or less just, hey, we're looking at this. This is going to be a new park that we're working on. Yeah. I also think it could be something like maybe magic bands are coming to Disneyland. It, it's yeah. I think some project like that that not a lot of people know about yet, but that would be interesting enough You'd even that mentioned, people would want to talk about you'd it. You even mentioned to me like a Disney social media site or something like that where Yeah, something new, like a like a you new can division. Connect with other Disney fans. Yeah, or like a new like division that. in the company. Like that they're gonna be, like you said, doing social media or that they're gonna have some you know, interesting way to deliver Disney Plus to you, like that they're going to start their own internet service provider company. I mean, I think those are all kind of, you know, long shots, but it really could be anything. So we'll find out here in a few days exactly what it is. I kind of have a feeling it's going to be something not that major. And a lot of people are going to be like, oh, that was a major letdown. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily think Disney called it a secret project to get people this excited about it. I think it may be one of those things where, you know, they have a project they want to make an announcement on and people's speculation runs wild and then people get it hyped up in their mind bigger than it really is. Yeah. So, but I think, I mean, if they announce a, a theme park in India or like I said, like a new division in the company or, you know, expansion of magic bands or something like that, I think that would get fans pretty excited. So absolutely. I can't, we need another, we need, we just knocked two parks off our list. We needed another park to visit. Exactly. So, speaking of parks, so we'll we'll jump into to to Tokyo Disney Sea. I will say initial thoughts on this. It is extremely immersive. I mean, it is unlike any theme park I've been to. It's very much in the vein of almost like a Universal Park. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Islands of Adventure 
is probably the closest thing I can put it to where every section is themed as a different land. So it's yes. all it's all based on it's called Disney Sea because it's all based around water, but there are a couple of different areas. So there's the Mediterranean Harbor, the Arabian Coast, the Lost River Delta, the Mermaid Lagoon, Mysterious Island, Port Discovery, and the American Waterfront. Yeah, so they're all you can tell they're all coast, lagoon, yeah. river delta. It's all water themed. And it, it is great because they use that theme so well. And I think this is why a lot of people say this is like one of the best theme parks because they have water throughout. So that ties it all in. But they use the water as transportation as well. One thing about it is in Universal, when you are in the Islands of Adventure, you can see like, I think they have like a Mayan temple kind of thing. Uh, you can see that when you're in other parts of the park and you can see that like, oh, that's cool over there. I want to go check it out. I felt like in Disney Sea it was a lot more uh, modular. When you're in one part of the park, that's what part of the park you are in. It, it you're usually surrounded. You can't really see the other parts, so it's a little bit more immersive than when you're in Islands of Adventure. Right, they they are kind of segregated, but they do blend in very well. I mean, the yes. transition from one area to another, it's not like it's an abrupt line. I mean, it very gradually adjust i mean you know the music changes disney does a great job of that of kind of transitioning you from one area of the park to another and and they keep it so you know arabian coast is um that, that's aladdin themed so it kind of has that theme to it but then that's connected to the lost river delta which kind of has that mayan incan theme as well so there it, it's kind of similar i mean it's it's definitely different but it's not like you're going from a Victorian London themed to a Middle Eastern theme. You know, yeah. it, it's kind of, it, it's similar enough. Like it would be, I think, more abrupt if they put the American waterfront next to the uh, like Arabian coast, you know, try to blend those in. So they, they, they do a great job of this. Yeah. Um, but what I thought is, you know, we could kind of just walk through each of the areas and kind of talk about about the things there. So I will say when we went um, and visited, we were a few days before the opening of Soren. So yeah. <laughs> so I probably walked by and asked four or five times, hey, is it open? Like I wanted to check to see if they were doing soft openings. They seemed to be doing employee and media previews when we were there because right. one day there was probably, it looked like it had to be like a four-hour line of people. So I thought, oh, maybe it's open. But yeah. it wasn't. It was It was just for employees. The day it opened, I think it was like a six-hour line. So yeah. that was a, it was yeah, a we weren't line. in the park that day. And honestly, I mean, I yeah. think it sounds like... Yeah, I was say, seeing videos of it. We didn't it's called really miss Soaring Fantastic Flight, but it essentially is the same soaring that they have at Disney World and Disneyland, except the, en- the ending is in Tokyo instead of one of those cities. And I also think they got rid of the Eiffel Tower scene. But, but the ride is exactly the same. The queue looks um, phenomenal. It's themed very differently than the other Soarings. It fits in with the, the theme of the, the land that it's in. So, so we can kind of start there. That's in the, the Mediterranean Harbor. And that's actually the first area that you walk in when you enter the park. And it does feel like you're almost in some sort of Mediterranean village. I yeah. mean, it, it really en- encompasses you um, just from the very beginning. Yeah, so they have, um, when you are in the Mediterranean Harbor, one of the first things you will notice is, first of all, they have a giant 
area where it's a huge lagoon and they hold shows there at certain parts of the day. So when we went back, we knew that there was a, there was a Pirates of the Caribbean show going on. And yeah, because they're, ha- they're having their pirate summer is right. kind of the theme of it. Right. So uh, being a huge Pirates of the Caribbean fan, I wanted to hang around and we actually got to see one of the shows. It was a blast. We had a ton of fun. I stood up in the like toward the front. We waited there for probably a half an hour. To so get this a good is seat. another water show. So right. similar. We talked about this in last week's episode, the Nick Wilde and Judy Hopps show in front of the castle at Disneyland where they shoot water at the crowd and and so again they really seem to be into this um at the resort overall because at disney sea they have this pirate show where basically they just bring out fire hoses and spray they people do down. yeah they actually had a hose and i kept praying that i wasn't going to get sprayed with one but it was i had a hilarious experience i mean this the show was a lot of fun obviously I, we couldn't understand what was really we can understand the gist of what was going on. Joe stood in the back. He was smart. Yeah, I wasn't getting did, wet. I mean, yeah. sort of smart because it was really hot out. So what, even though I got soaked, it felt great. But um, I stood up toward the front. So I was not like super close because there were there were special seats in the front for people who won uh, the drawing at the Bigliatera to get up up toward the, the very front. So I was standing there. And this guy uh, that one of the pirates sprayed a hose and he went and I could see the water coming directly at my face. So I ducked and the guy behind me got nailed in the face with the water. And I like stood up and turned and looked at him and he was just completely drenched. And I knew that water was supposed to be coming at me. And we laughed about it for like five minutes straight. It was so funny. And then the next time it came at my face, I didn't duck because I felt bad. Yeah. And so I I did stand back because I didn't want to get wet. And it was funny because when I started, it was basically just me and like one or two other people. And then once they started like bringing the hose out and buckets of water, it filled up very quickly where I was standing as people started running away from the front because they didn't <laughs> want to get that wet. I mean, I, I saw, you know, one person cause they were up near like the front of the stage where the pirates were and the, the cast member, I mean, literally was just getting buckets of water and just kept throwing at the same person. I mean, that, that person had to be just, just dripping wet. They might have had like a poncho on cause a lot of people were yeah. wearing ponchos, and we, but it just, I mean, just constantly the same area, just dumping water on. And we kind of made fun of the people with the ponchos on at first. We're like, how do you go to a water show and wear a poncho? But after getting you hit probably the still first got time, wet. you probably still got, yeah, wet after getting hit the first time, I completely understood it. Cause I'm like, I am absolutely drenched. Like the whole way through, you can ring me out right now. So it was, I mean, those people who were the, the pirates, the the cast members who were pirates, they were getting a great workout because they were just dipping they got too, and had yeah. huge like buckets of water and th- kept throwing them on the crowd. Yeah, because they even have uh, pirate ships going in the lagoon. And as they drive by, they have cannons that shoot water at the people. So mm-hmm. even the cast members were getting wet. So, yeah, I mean, it's a really well done show. The other show they have on the lagoon is the nighttime show where they have uh, Fantasmic um, out there as well, which, you know, is really interesting. It's a similar idea to, you know, all the other Fantasmic shows, but then it's tailored to the space they have, you know, with the lagoon. Um, They still have like the Maleficent dragon and everything. So that's a great show as well. Yeah. Uh, Going back to the pirate show, it was essentially, so the story of the show was essentially that 
Barbosa and Captain Jack were having like a kind of disagreement. And um, I think Jack in the, I mean, Jack in the end ends up beating Barbosa. Um, so it's, it's just a, it's just a fun little thing and there's a lot of crowd interaction. So again, if you're heading over to, to Japan and I would definitely check out that show. I actually think that the shows at sea is where sea excelled. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but yeah, the pirate show was really good. And like I said, Fantasmic um, was really great as well. And then we also saw, uh, we'll get into it, the uh, big band beat. Yes. Um, and we also saw a Broadway show, Ar- the aerial, the show with Ariel yeah, and, King, and King's Trident. So yeah, so they, they do have a, a lot of, a lot of great shows. So um, kind of besides that, so in the Mediterranean Harbor, there's not really a ton of attractions. So Soaring's the only real attraction in there. It's really, it's more kind of like your gateway into everything else. There's a lot of shops and and places to eat there. The other big thing is that they have the hotel that you can stay at uh, actually goes over the entrance of the park. So if you have one of the rooms that look into the park, you have a great view of um, all the lagoon shows and everything because mm-hmm. you're literally in the park looking over it. So that's that's kind of the big section within the the Mediterranean Harbor. Yeah, a few more notes about this. Uh, there, I'm pretty sure that one of the Duffy stores was in there. So we talked about how big Duffy was in Disneyland, but I actually think he was he was even a little bigger in Disney Sea. Yeah, they don't have a lot of Duffy merchandise in Disneyland. It's really all in Disney Sea. This is mm-hmm. where you can meet Duffy. This is where they have, like you said, a couple stores where you can buy you know, mini Duffies, you can buy full size Duffies, you can buy keychains that are Duffy, Stella, buy, Stella Lou, um, and all the rest of yeah, them. Yeah. You can buy all the outfits for them and everything as well. So and yeah, we'll, it's this really Disney sea is kind of like Duffy's park. Right. And like I was saying before or in the other episode, so everything in the park, the merchandise was really actually relatively reasonably priced. The only thing that was high priced was your, your stuffed animals. So if you bought the little keychains, like I got a little, Stella Lou because I think Stella Lou is the cutest with her little rabbit ears and her ballerina skirt um but I got that and I think it was like $19 for a little stuffed animal keychain and then the big duffies were or not big duffies like the regular size were about 40 and then the outfits were like 20 a piece or something for that yeah and and they had gelatoni and gelatoni actually didn't look too bad it was a little stuffed animal for <laughs> we were so hard you on gave gelatoni. him such a hard time not me it was all you you gave him such a hard time <laughs> we said he looked like a gremlin in our, in our episode um when we talked about duffy a few months ago but he's really actually not that bad he's I think, pretty cute i think what it is is you know like the camera adds 10 pounds to people <laughs> i think the camera adds 10 nightmares in the, in the case of gelatoni <laughs> and that and that the pictures of him look far scarier than like the little stuffed animals so i think it's like the actual like walk around character he looked frightening. Yeah. You know, if you look at, if you Google him, he does kind of look like a gremlin. But the stuffed animals and the but rest the stuffed animals, yeah, of the he, merch, he, he is good. actually really cute. Yeah, he's not too And bad. I would actually say that judging by what we saw walking around the park, at least on that the two days that we were there, besides Duffy and Stella, Stella Lou, which is Duffy's girl companion, Gelatone. No, I'm May. sorry, Shelly May. Sorry, they all have those like St- Stella high, Lou like, double is names. The, uh, yeah, is the rabbit. Is the rabbit, and Shelly May is is the female. And Gelatone, he's the uh, he's artistic cat. cat. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I'd say besides the two main bears, that actually Gelatone is the next in popularity. Like he, 
you saw a lot of people with gelatoni ears on and and keychains and yeah, purses. I think, I, I think they're all very popular. I think it's hard to tell which one is really. I mean, I probably saw just as many Stella Luz and Shelly Mays and gelatonies as I did Duffy. I think the whole kind of lot of them are pretty mm. equ- pretty equally popular. Sort of. As, at least me. I didn't necessarily, you know, where you see like Mickey, like everybody has Mickey, Mickey, and and it's rare that you see goofy or pluto or you know donald something like that i mean you see them but you really notice mickey everywhere i i don't i can't really say that i noticed duffy everywhere all all, all the time because i but i'm saying just solely duffy like i saw all the other like i noticed stella lou and shelly may and gelatoni like i noticed people having all of them whereas i feel like i go to disney world and i see people mickey and minnie and then occasionally like oh hey there's a goofy or oh hey there's a donald but it's really you know like mickey forward where i didn't necessarily feel like i mean definitely duffy i think is number one but i didn't feel like all the other ones got no love you know i I feel like they they got pretty pretty equal representation yeah so like you said so anything else in the the mediterranean harbor so there's two more things so since we were just finishing up on duffy uh there are so there are gondolas that are in there. Um, you can ride the gondolas. Some of the the guys sing um, in on the ships. They're not. They don't sing real loud. Like if you go to Vegas, the people in Vegas will sing really loud on the gondolas. Um, but they do sing. We didn't get a chance to ride them because the ride the, the lines were pretty long. But there was a guy who was lined up by the fence, staring at the gondolas, and he had. A, a stuffed animal for each of the different Duffy characters. So he even had yeah, he cookie. Lined up, yeah, he lined up all his Duffy. Yeah, he even had cookie and, and I can't remember what the, the turtle's name is right off the top of my head right now. He even had those two and they're, they're park specific to in China and in Hawaii. So he had them staring out and was like having them wave at the gondolas, which was hilarious. But um, yeah, and the gondolas were really cool. We got when we actually ate at the Restaurante di Canaletto, Canaletto, um, so basically can- canal plus ETTO at the yeah, end. So that, that, it was good. They had like it was Italian, so they had um, pizzas, which not really the pe- like the type of pizzas we went there because they it was like oh wood fired pizzas, pasta. We're like oh that that sounds good, but the wood fired pizza is not like pizza we get here. That, <laughs> well, that you, you got a cheese of. pizza and you had no sauce on your pizza. Pizza and yeah. then and I, I did got- have a, I did have a. Uh, Mickey shaped cheese on it though. Yeah, that was pretty that cool. That was pretty cool. And I had a veggie pizza and it had almost no cheese. So we had the opposite problems. Yeah. If yeah, they'd blended the two together, it would have been really good. But it was awesome because we sat outside, so we were able to watch the gondolas as they were going by. The other thing in the in the Mediterranean harbor that you're going to want to check out relatively early is the Bigliaterra. Or Bigliateria. I don't know how to pronounce that, but that is where you enter to win the lottery to go to the different shows. So like I said, there were, I think you could get special seats for the pirate show, but the one that we went to and entered was the big band beat show. And we tried for the first show at three twenty, and we ended up getting in. So definitely make sure yeah, you it was go the first check show that we out. tried for. I don't right. think it was the first show. Yeah. Of the I don't day. know if it was the first yeah, show. Of the day. So again, we had, we had talked about this last week, but all of their shows they do lotteries for. So they have open seating, which people will line up, an hour ahead of time for to get the open seating or you can go and enter a lottery and basically what you do is i think you can enter two a day 
and you pick the show you want to go to and the time you want to go to. And then immediately it tells you you either got tickets or you didn't. And if you didn't get tickets, you can try another show. And then if you don't get for either of those, you're out of luck. You can't you know, enter another lottery. But we were lucky enough to get tickets for the first one we selected. And basically what that does is that gives you a reserve seat so you get an actual seat number so you don't have to go wait in line an hour in advance to get the open seating. You know, you can show up 15 minutes ahead of time and go in and you have a nice seat. So we did do this for the the big band beat. So we, we'll move into the American waterfront, which is where this is. So there is, they ha- have a, a Broadway kind of style theater, similar to how they do in Disneyland where they have the frozen show, but this is a, a musical review and it was really well done. What I, what immediately jumped out to me is it was all in English which I found, I turned to you and I was like, this is kind of strange that it's all in English. All, all the singing was in English and the, um, the, the kind of the, the MC, he was the main singer, but when he talked um, as well, he, he spoke in English. Everything was in English, but it was really well yeah. done. I mean, they, they had it f- was kind of jazzy. So yeah, an African-American but- gentleman came out on the stage and he was, he was presenting all of the characters, all of everything. It was awesome. There was all kinds of dancing. There was tap dancing was my favorite. Yeah. So they, they had a full orchestra yeah. playing and everything. And, and yeah, and they were singing and they weren't singing Disney songs. I mean, they were singing um, classic songs, I think from like the 1940s and 50s. He, he mentioned the kind of time period yeah. when he came out. We're but, not, neither of us are really that familiar with that time yeah, period. Yeah. But like but you it said, it was still really, like enjoyable. you said, it was kind of, it was that like jazzy, um, you know, old school, big band, I mean, big band beat, you know, right. <laughs> you have that big band kind of, you know, up, upbeat music, like you said, tap dancing, you know, kind of, kind of quick paced, but it was really well done. Some Disney characters did come out and dance as well, but it wasn't like a necessarily a Disney focused show, but it, it, was, it was really well yeah, done. Yeah. It wasn't solely the Disney characters, but there were parts that were incredibly impressive because you see like the Disney characters, Mickey, I believe came out at one point and he did the tap dancing routine. There was also a Mickey who came out and did the drumming. Like he was the soloist. And when you look at that, you're like, wow, there's somebody in that costume doing that drumming and able to see the drums and still do like that good of a job. They must be one heck of a drummer. So it was seeing that it really, I mean, it really adds to that your immersion in the fact that you're in a Disney park and that Disney, Disney is a real mouse or not Disney. Mickey's a real mouse and he's able to do all these really awesome things. So it was, I definitely would recommend checking that out. And it was just a nice break from the heat because I think we were under the, the, um, like a cover. So it was just a nice, nice to just sit for a while. Yeah. And, and so kind of talking about taking a step back and talking about the American waterfront. So it's themed kind of to like a New York style. Yeah. I, I want to say 1940s, maybe. I mean, it's, it's definitely not a modern yes. day theming. Yeah. It's an older theming. They have like deli storefronts there and stuff <laughs> and, and trolley cars. So it's kind of that time period. They also have a like a replica ship there the i think it's called the ss columbia is i believe the name of it but it's a pretty i mean good yeah. size good size ship there's uh turtle talk with crushes inside of there and a couple restaurants 
and but but and it's, you can eat on the ship, so there's yeah a, there's yeah a dining inside room. yeah that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah inside the ship. And Turtle Talk with Crush is even though it's in the American waterfront, the the only show that I think we went to um, was that that had a translator was the the Stitch show in Disneyland. Well, the, um, the, the, the Tiki, the tiki room. room. Yeah. Yeah. So because, every other show you go to like this. Well, because that's live. In, yeah. Well, that's and they're, but they're live. in Japanese. So. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's live. So there's no, they couldn't translate it. Right. Essentially. Exactly. Yeah. So the Tiki room, they can because it's just it's a recording. Yeah. yeah. So they know what they're going to say and when. But yeah, but it, I mean, it, it is really well themed. So, so the boat is there. Um, that's good. They kind of have, you know, docks. And so they have a lot of, um, you know, like seafood type, you know, places and things. Um, and and it, it looks really good. What else, uh, as far as attractions that are in there is, this is where they have kind of the Toy Story area. So they have Toy Story Mania, which yeah. is always very crowded. It has a really interesting um, cue front. It's you're walking into Woody's face. Like his mouth is open. Yeah. And you it's a giant Woody face. Mouth. Yeah. And he and Look he it up online. Right it's it. really cool. Yeah. Looking. It's really neat. So that that's a very popular section. They also have the tower of terror in there as well and this is like from the outside it's kind of the grandest looking tower of terror i think it's it's very big so it's not themed to the twilight zone like Mm -hmm. like it is in uh, disney world or guardians of the galaxy like it is in disneyland it is themed to like an old uh, new york hotel yeah, is is essentially the theme. So so you're walking into an old hotel that somebody used to own, and then he disappeared after he he was a collector essentially, and he got this, you know, cursed talisman, and you know he's disappeared, and you're kind of coming through on a tour, and the talisman comes to life and kind of yeah. curses you, and 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 then all of this happens. So the whole cue is you know, newspaper articles of where did this guy go? What happened to him? What mm-hmm. happened at the hotel and things. So it's really well themed. I mean, the ride is, is very much like the tower of terror. What I, what I really liked is in the pre-show where, you know, this, this, um, talisman, it's, it's kind of like a couple foot tall, like carved figure comes to life with projection mapping. And it's really, it's really well done. Cause he starts talking through projection mapping and then, you know, like, like the lights kind of flash and then it disappears and, and, it, and it's really mm-hmm. well done because it, it's a physically there, but then it, it, it kind of drops and it happens so quick. You're like, where did it go? Like I bought yeah. it, you know, yeah. it, it was so well done that I actually believed it. Yeah. Uh, he turned, you actually turned to me and said, what happened? Where did that go? Yeah. And I said, I think it was just real quick when the lights flash, it dropped down into the pedestal, but it did happen so quick that you don't, you don't know where it went. Yeah. And, and I, Wish I would have gotten video of it. I'm sure you could look it up online. But one thing that was interesting is we tried, we took some pictures in the queues and things, but a few times we were told like no pictures. Yeah. Either they said no pictures or, you know, they specifically said before you went into the pre-show of rides, they would say no, no photography at all, which I found interesting because if you've been to Disney World, I mean, they don't care if you're taking videos on the rides or pictures on the rides. So they really don't care if, if you're taking any pictures. So I found it interesting where, you know, a lot of the rides, they specifically said no photography at all. So I looked it up and it seems to be, it's kind of just like a cultural thing where um, the Japanese don't, 
think that's necessarily appropriate. And it's not necessarily a Disney rule that I've, I, I read online that people say some cast members will tell you no pictures, but then other cast members won't care at all. Huh. So it, it seems to be not necessarily a, a standard rule across the board that it's kind of just how, how people feel. I know you heard that it's like considered inappropriate or rude to take photos of like other people without them knowing, which I mean is I think good practice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, across the board. So I think it has some, some stuff to do with that of, you know, they consider it, you know, it's maybe considered rude to take pictures of something when you're supposed to be experiencing it and other people are experiencing it. But it, but like I said, I read and some people said, yeah, some cast members told me don't others didn't care. So so when when you read this, did you read that that was throughout both parks or just see, because we didn't experience that in Disneyland. Just said it overall, but it wasn't like across the board, across everything, because you definitely can take pictures in the parks and, and of the shows and the rides, but it was just like certain areas. So mm-hmm. it, it was interesting. It did kind of seem a little bit like hit or miss, but, but it was, it was a fun ride. I mean, it's, you know, it's tower of terror. It's, it's a different theme, but like I said, it's a really well done building. My really? favorite's still the one in California, the garlic guardians, <laughs> yes, of the galaxy yes. one yeah, as unpopular know, so. an opinion that might be. So that, that's kind of the American waterfront. They have a, like a, a little like park area and they, they had a few characters out there a couple of times when we walked by, um, but this was also probably from food perspective, we got the mochi. Yeah. So there were a few things that I wanted to get when I went to the parks. And one of them was the melon pond, the melon bread, which is, um, it was Mike Wazowski shaped. And I think I got that at Disneyland. So the one big thing that I wanted to get in Disney Sea was the alien mochi. And you get these little cute green alien mochi. So if mochi, like the outside's kind of made in with a soft rice. It's kind of gelatinous. And then the inside, it's a red bean paste and it's flavored. So there was one that was strawberry, one that was chocolate and one that was vanilla. And you get all three when you buy when you buy the alien mochi. So the vanilla tasted almost like nothing. The chocolate was really good and rich and the strawberry was my favorite. It was just, it was a perfect, you know, nice fruity flavor and they were really filling because that bean paste is really filling. Definitely something to experience, check it out, but you can get mochi anywhere in Japan, but it was just, they were cute. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was just really well themed. They, They do a good job of kind of theming their food. So, uh, continuing up and like I was saying how, they do a great job of kind of blending in these various lands. So you're in the American waterfront. It's kind of New York. It then rolls into more of like a Cape Cod type feel. There's a lighthouse. This is where there was a, a Duffy and Shelly May meet and greet, which I think had an hour wait. Yeah. These were ones that they were not out just walking around. You actually had to go mm-hmm. see them. And, and like I said, it was an hour wait. But it rolls into this Cape Cod feel. And then it rolls right into what they call Port Discovery, right. which is it's Nemo is kind of the big anchor ride there. The, the Nemo submarine ride, but it, it's, you know, water and kind of submarine theme. So it, it rolls in with the American waterfront because it's kind of a similar feel, but just not American themed. Right. Um, it's kind of a, a small, it's a really small. Yeah, area. It's, a tra- it's a transition area. I think the two notable things here are one was uh, the restaurant we ate at, which was the Horizon Bay restaurant, which is it's a quick service, but it's kind of like a um, cafeteria style. But I mean, we got, I think uh, it was like a five course meal. So we got like steak, rice, mm-hmm. a dessert, a drink and like a super salad. 
and it was like $20 a person. And yeah. so it like it was a really good value. You know, as we were walking around, like, oh, this place looks good. And we ended up being a lot of food yeah, for, was, for $20, $22. Yeah. Yeah. So And it, the food was good. Like yeah. it, and they they are really big. Um, I know the desserts and a lot of we saw a lot of this type of dessert in Japan, um, particularly in the Disney parks, where they have like a light fruit flavored mousse. I think we got Yes, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that a lot of like I can't remember exactly what flavor we Th- had this there. This was like a raspberry. Was this I the raspberry moves, one? Yeah. So we had a peach one. We had a blueberry one, I think, at one point. Um, but they're they're very Yeah, good. it was kind of like a mousse, but then also... Like a jello mousse. Like, yeah, yeah, like it part of his mousse, between. part of it, yeah, like a gelatin. So it was pretty good. But yeah, but I, it was a really good meal. So I think that was... If you're looking for a place to eat, I think that's a, a good place to go. You can get a, a very filling meal for 20 bucks, like I said, which if you go to Disney World, you're getting like two pretzels for $20. So, so this is good. But the other thing that was really cool is they have a ride. And I love the name of this because it's a play on Autotopia, which is a very you know famous ride at Disneyland, but it's called Aquatopia. And it is, they, they, they sell it as they are like self-driving <laughs> water vehicles but you can see the track but it, it's a water it was just ride. because the water could have been like the the track could have been cleaned off you could see from like where the algae had formed but if they had just cleaned it you would have no idea where your cars yeah. were going but when you rode it you really had no idea where you were going but so you get in this car and it just drives you around and then sometimes you, you know you yeah, get, you're on water yeah, so yeah you're going through this water landscape and you see all these other cars it it's it's kind of cool like the way that the track moves um, it's continuously going. They you never spin stop. around at, yeah, at some point. Yeah, you spin around. Like you go up to water and then you get pulled back from it. Uh, we ended up, well, you didn't get that wet. I got s- pretty soaked. I had a rain jacket. So I knew yeah. I, I, I was. Kinda, I gave you my rain jacket because try- you didn't really want to get wet. I was trying to watch some of them to see where they go because there's like a waterfall that it goes near. I mean, it doesn't go under a waterfall, but then there's jets that shoot at you. And so I was trying to like get an idea of where the water might be coming from as we were waiting in line. But yeah, at one point we walked, we like drove up to this rock and it just shot. I saw the water coming and I <laughs> ducked under the, the, the rain jacket really quick. And, but, and I still got wet because a lot more water came than I thought, like I thought it was done and I yeah. kind of like peeked up and then it kept shooting it shot more water at us. And then it like at one point shot at our side. So you get pretty wet on these rides. Yeah, I was pretty, my whole upper half, I think was completely soaked through again. Uh, from riding that ride and the other thing and about there's it there's probably only like two water jets that hit us i mean they, there yeah, was a lot but of water they were a coming lot of water yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a lot of water coming out of those too but the other thing about this ride is i'm not 100 percent sure if every single rider was walking off soaked because it seemed like the different cars went to different places yeah it so, seemed to be like that the, because there's two different sides and we didn't even go through the whole side the whole half of our side. So I think there's probably like four different tracks that you can go into. So there's like, when you come in, there's a, a left load side and a right load side. And I think each of those halves have half a track. So mm-hmm. again, so you can't really tell where you've come from or where you're going because the car in front of you might not be on the same path as you. Right. Yeah. So I think there's, there's some varying degrees of how wet you get on this, but yeah. But it was a lot of fun. Again, it was just it was a surprising ride. Yeah, we had a ride as soon as we saw it because I was like, the name is perfect. It looks cool. Mm-hmm. Like we've never seen anything like this before. We definitely have have to ride. Luckily, like you like you've been saying, it was hot enough there that 
you know, getting a little wet. I mean, we dried off really quickly. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. a big deal. I mean, being like, you know, 90 degrees out, you dry off really quick. But it so. made me a lot more comfortable. I know that. So it was, it was great. So also in this particular part of the park, there is a electric wa- railway. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to ride that. That one was the one I think was closed, right? Or no? No. So yeah, so they, they have a, a railway and it's just another form of transportation. This runs from the, the Port Discovery to the American waterfront. So it's just it's it's essentially a a uh, train on an elevated platform that just kind of runs back and forth uh, as another way for you to you know get from one place to another. Um, con- continuing on to from Port Discovery, and we're actually kind of going um, counterclockwise uh, in case you're interested. So we entered in at the Mediterranean Harbor and we went left. So we're essentially like. Where the people, I see this meme all the time now on Facebook that there's two types of people in this world: those that start in Canada and those that start in Mexico. Referring to Epcot, <laughs> you either go left or right. So, which I think is funny. So, for this, we're starting uh, going to the left, like we would be. What going, would you consider like us? Going, what, what what people were we? Canada. I feel like we always go right when we go Ooh, to Epcot. When we go to Canada. No, see, I think we've always started left, and then the last time we went, we started toward Canada because we knew we had to go there. Because we were going to have eat at La Criere. I think I always go to Canada. I don't know. But what? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if I've ever really thought about it. That's weird that we disagree on that. <laughs> when we go again, we'll have to see which way. Well, of course, uh, we we're going to head toward go. Canada. Well, because I, we know that the good food's there. Well, I know the good food is there. So, <laughs> so. so I said, so, so we're heading left. So we hit the American waterfront, Port Discovery. So now we're rolling into the Lost River Delta. This is probably where this and the mysterious island probably have the most um thrilling like kind of big name rides in them you know the other lands they have you know one or two rides um and stuff i guess tower of terror i guess american waterfront's got some pretty good rides but the lost river delta has the indiana jones adventure and the Mm -hmm. crystal skull which i think it's funny because that movie is like yeah, the Indiana Jones Adventure Temple of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull movie, everybody tries to forget, and yet that's what they <laughs> named the ride in, in Japan. Maybe maybe it did really well in Japan. So that was one ride. It it's similar to the one in Disneyland, I think. Yeah, I think it was it was pretty close. So it's it's like that dinosaur if you're used to, if you're a usually go to Disney World kind of person. Uh, it's like dinosaur, but if you go to Disneyland, it's the Indiana Jones ride. And uh, it's a this... very big building. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. it's kind of I don't know if it's mine or Incan, but it's a it's kind of themed like that. But it, it looks I mean, it looks like a huge temple. I mean, it, it takes up a big part of this land, that show building. Yeah, Because I guess it is a, a pretty big ride. Right, right. And we decided the I think the line was pretty long. I think it was maybe 40, 50 minutes when we were there. So we decided this was a great opportunity. I'd read on a couple blogs that they have a single rider line. There's only a couple rides there that do. So we tried out the single rider line. Well, both of the rides in the Lost River Delta do. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. So we ended up waiting like five minutes for this. Yeah, we didn't wait it very was, long. It was crazy because the single rider line, and we actually rode in the same car. Right. You were right behind me. You were yeah. diagonal. It was almost perfect because yeah. I could just look backward and look at your yeah, face. Yeah, I was right behind you. Like you went first and then they called me maybe a minute later. And I tapped you on the shoulder. I was like, hey, like we're on the, we ended yeah. up being on the same ride. But But it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it was probably my, I hate to say this, because again, we have one like this in the US, but I think it might have been my favorite ride 
<laughs> like it was it was At a Disney lot of sea? yeah Disney Sea it was it was so much fun I don't remember the California one very much but I always take a lot of joy out of it the the mechanics of the cars I like the way that they jostle and they move uh, I like the storyline and I like the way that the ball rolls towards you like big boulder so I think it's it's just a really fun ride yeah it really is one of the one of the top attractions there the other ride is a and this a, one's beautiful from the outside yeah that's what i was saying yeah it looks really good the the other ride is the raging spirits and this is a a traditional roller coaster it's a pretty small and quick roller coaster I mean, it's probably like a minute minute and a half ride but it goes in a loop which is something pretty rare i think for disney i mean uh, mm-hmm. they have it in california adventure the Incredicoaster uh, has a loop as well but but yeah, this is it's it's raging spirits. It's really well done with like the fog and the theming and everything. Right. Uh, so they have they have the coolest looking uh, display out front of this ride. There is it's a waterfall that again it's like a temple of some sort, and it comes down and there's water, but then the, there's fire in the water, um, and so part of it is actually on fire. And then before the cars come out underneath there's kind of like a I don't want to say a bridge but there's a hole underneath where the track goes through underneath the like the, well, they the had waterfall some, like, thing um, like and dragon I don't know if they were dragons but they were some sort of lion dragon face monuments th- that were at the front like yeah. you're saying and and there were kind of there were like holes in the back of them and the, that's where the ride right. came through and so before, it was a really good photo op right and before the the cars would come through like every time a bunch of fog would spray out. And so whenever the the riders would go through, they're going through a bunch of fog. Uh, it made it hard whenever you were riding to see where you were going. It was it was pretty fun. But yeah, it, yeah, it was re- really well done. This was another one with a single rider line. The thing that was interesting with this is there's a height maximum oh on gosh. it. So That's and right. I think it's because of it's a shoulder. It's an over the shoulder harness. But I walked up and the height maximum is six five so i'm like six three six four so and i think it was like i think i figured out i was like six five six six because it was in centimeters so i tried to like convert it later to see <laughs> how many inches it was but they like stopped me and they had me stand under so you know you see a lot of rides they have a, a height like a little stick there that your kid has to stand to make sure they're tall enough. Well, I had to stand under one to make sure I wasn't too tall and the lady was like very concerned it was hilarious she had to call somebody else over to be like is it okay that he rides this and everything? And she was like, yeah, that's fine. And I had no problem. Like I fit fine. Yeah. Like, and Joe I, was even saying like, Oh, you can go without me. Like, it's okay. Cause like, I w- you're not that like he, w- there was a little bit of air above your head. Yeah. And, and why well, I said this, cause again, I'm, they didn't speak English. So it's kind of hard to communicate. So she's like I said, seemed genuinely concerned that mm-hmm. I was like going to die on this ride if I got <laughs> on it. And so I was like, it's okay. I've, if I can't ride, it's not a problem. But somebody else came over and said, no, you're fine. But again, I think it was just because you may not fit with the shoulder harnesses. I had plenty of room. I wasn't like wedged in there tight. So if you are taller, I mean, I, I think, like I said, I'm, I think you- I'm like 6'3". I think even if you were six five or so you'd still have plenty of room that you could fit in there and what i've been on a lot of rides like trying to get in and out of the cars on um space mountain that's a lot tighter because my legs don't fit in there as well whereas this had plenty i was gonna say i feel like you had a harder time getting out of the car in aquatopia than you did 
with anything. Um, I, I, remember, I can't remember what ride it was. It was really cramped for yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Like I said, yeah, space, but you're space right. mountains It's, it's the usually, lake space that yeah. really does you yeah, in, I worse. think. But this had plenty of leg space. You're like T-Swift. You just have these long, beautiful legs. Exactly. I think that's probably the only time anybody will ever compare me to Taylor Swift. So thank you. But yeah, so I think... They have the height restriction because of the shoulder harness, but again, I had plenty of room. But it was a fun ride. It's quick. I think that's, a lot of the rides. That, that's probably my one complaint about Disney Sea is a lot of the rides are very brief. Yeah, we're but, gonna we're definitely gonna touch on that yeah, again. But this one, it it's it's a fun ride, but it, it's a very quick ride. Well, so. it was a really smooth coaster, and I know that whenever I went to get on this, I was a little concerned about a couple of things. I wasn't feeling too great. I don't. I think it was just again from not eating like normal meals and things like that so I wasn't feeling great and then I looked at it and saw that there was a loop in it and I was nervous like whenever they were telling you that you might not be able to ride I was like eh, whatever I mean if I if I can't ride it it's not a big deal but I actually got off that ride feeling better than when I got on so that's a testament to how smooth it was and um just in general it was it was a it was a good ride if, if that's kind of like loops and stuff scare you the loop is tiny and it doesn't even really feel like you're going through a loop yeah and then the rest of it we really didn't do too much in lost river delta because uh, a lot of the rides because tokyo is getting the 2020 olympics they're going through a lot of refurbishments so a lot of the stuff was was either closed or just recently opening so we already talked about the soaring ride opened a few days after we were there well there was a a new show that is it there was a show in the lost river delta that was closed because they were redoing it. And it sounded pretty cool because they were going to be adding projection mapping to it. But mm-hmm. then there was characters and stuff. So that was an opening for another few days. So Yeah, it was a little bit of a bummer. We de- we definitely missed out on several yeah. rides like combined through the both parks. But again, it was nice to see that they really keep up with the rides. Um, and they really try to keep them at the forefront. Yeah. So, so, that, so that was kind of... The, it would have been great to see that, but we weren't able to see that. So the, the next two lands are the Arabian Coast and the Mermaid Lagoon. And these two, and we can kind of talk about them together and talk about some of the specifics, but these two areas are kind of more geared towards children. So I, I'd say they're kind of, I don't want to call them like the kiddie areas, but they have uh, more of the rides that are kid-friendly. So if you have a, a child that's you know can't ride Raging Spirits or... Indiana Jones because they're not tall enough. You know, this is kind of more of the land. What's interesting is the Arabian coast, they have a marketplace. So there's some games you can play. So I, I tried to, this is where they give you pins as constellation prizes. Yeah. So I played a game to try to win a stuffed animal. I lost, ended up getting a pretty cool pin, which, right. is, we which paid, is nice. We paid $5 for, it would, and what ended up being a really nice, uh, I think you got a chip pin. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you can't get a park a pin at the park in in the U.S. for five bucks. Yeah. So it was. I mean, if I would have realized, because we both waited in line, if I would have realized that was the consolation prize, I would have played too. Right, and and that's and it's themed to Aladdin. So that's the um, Agrabah marketplace. They have a flying carpet ride. the The interest, the cool thing that they have here is the the double decker um, carousel mm-hmm. that has. G- like genie on it yeah there are all kinds I mean, it's a normal carousel but it's, it's there two are all levels. kinds of different characters and things not characters but weird things you can ride so i know i took some pictures of like there's a griffin i rode a purple genie there was also a turquoise genie um and a couple other really interesting creatures i mean there were still some horses on there too but yeah i we had a blast we ended up riding this a couple times 
um, just because it was such a cool thing. And it was cool to whenever the ride was going around, since it is up high, you can see yeah, we the, were on the marketplace. Level. Yeah, yeah, you could see the marketplace and kind of check that out. So yeah, we had that was surprising that was surprise probably the most surprising ride for me because carousels aren't really that exciting yeah they took a, a ride that's just a you know kind of traditional off-the-shelf ride that you see at a lot of amusement parks and by adding that second level makes it interesting and unique it makes you want to ride it i think if it was just a regular carousel would have yeah. skipped it but like oh it's no big deal i've ridden those before but you've never been on one that has two stories and so right. you know it kind of makes you want to go on it so i think that's you know, that's a nice little twist they added that's really good. So there's one other thing in the Arabi- Arabian coast that, again, we, we, we mentioned this already. We wanted – there were a lot of things that were closed. The One of the rides that a lot of the Disney blogs said, hey, make sure you check this out. It's a really great ride, was Sinbad's Storybook Voy- Voyage. Everybody says it's great. Everybody says uh, – I think his name is Shandu. Uh, Chandu, he's a little tiger. He has a hat on. He steals the show. Uh, we couldn't ride it. It was closed for ref- refurbishments. So again, we would talk about that, but we didn't get a chance to ride. I did get a, a little keychain though to go on my backpack because Shandu is really cute. Um, but yeah, so that was that was yeah. a little disappointing. So it was unfortunate that we we missed out on that, but just a reason to go back later. Exactly. So, so Mermaid Lagoon is themed towards obviously Ariel and and the Little Mermaid. But what's really interesting about this is. It's all like indoors. So there is some outside, but because you are going under the sea, you you go into a building and actually um, go down into like a lower level floor and it and it makes it feel like you are actually under the sea. The ceiling is blue and everything. So it, it is a really interesting effect to kind of get you into that mindset of I'm going under the sea to see King Trident and Ariel right. and everything and like that. If you're an adult, uh, we actually almost made this mistake. I think we did it the first time we, the first day we were there. We just yeah, looked we, we in on it. We kind of walked through it. We just there's a there's a balcony. You can look down on it. It looks cool. Yeah, and you it, have to make sure you go down. And and it's yeah. So we kind of looked through it. And again, it's kind of just more like standard rides. There's and it's more geared towards children. So, so there's some jellyfish that move up and down and yeah. So so they have you know like you mentioned they have jellyfish. It's called jumping jellyfish. It's kind of a a bounce ride it's your jellyfish right. they have um the blowfish balloon race which is um essentially just like a, a swings ride but you're in right you're in you're in a balloons. blowfish that yeah. look like yeah they balloons. look like balloons yeah. so so yeah so we we saw it and and kind of walked through it at first but then uh when we went back because we saw that there is the um trident's concert yeah king trident's concert and there's a theater in there so so we went down and, and we went down actually into it because, again, there's a viewing balcony. So when we so went we, down into the actual playground, it was really – it allows you to be immersed in it more. So you see all of these things that kind of just look like these canned rides, and now suddenly they are above your head, and everything looks so much grander in scale. So definitely go down and check that out. And also the concert was – amazing so you yeah i was gonna say that? that's that probably was one of my favorite shows mm-hmm. so you go in it's a huge concert hall there's a really cool king trident animatronic that comes out but they're singing the the little mermaid song so it's basically a show kind of the, of the little mermaid they have a puppet uh sebastian and flounder and then they actually have and yeah, a cast they member the crowds yeah and they actually have a cast member who is ariel and she's on 
a pulley system yeah. and she floats around yeah, it looks like she's above swimming the above crowd. You. Yeah, it looks yeah. like she's swimming above you as she's singing. So it, it's really well done and I, I really enjoyed that show. Again, I didn't understand what King Trident was saying, yeah. but you kind of knew what songs they were playing just by the music and stuff. But it was really well done just to kind of watch uh, Ariel swimming around you and she did make it look like she was swimming, doing flips and twists and everything. Yeah, and moving it, her tail yeah, to was, keep her yeah. afloat. And yeah, it was so well done. Yeah, it it was it was incredible. And she would they they would swing her out, and she'd like blow kisses at the audience. It it was, yeah, it was a really cool thing. Yeah, those to are. See. I definitely recommend. I mean, if if that's you're only gonna go see one show, Big Band Beat was really good. I think I may have liked this one better though than than Big Band Beat. So I think if I could only pick one, I'd probably go see this one again. Over over big band. I beat. would I would see both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if I could only pick one though. But it's definitely worthwhile going down and seeing. It's just so colorful and playful. Um and you do, you feel like you're you're under the sea and it's just it's really well done. Even the outside of it, the the building, you know, it's colorful like coral. It's almost like a coral reef. So it's it's very bright and vibrant. So the last land is right in the center of the park. So it's the mysterious island. And this is kind of where everybody goes, and it, it, the the volcano Mount I think they call it Mount Prometheus is is the icon essentially of the park in the center of the park. You've probably seen a lot of the pictures of of it uh, lit up at night, kind of like that purple color in in the background of the main lagoon, and, and it does you know look really nice. And, and but this is where everybody goes because this is where the journey to the center of the Earth ride is, and. Also, the the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So the whole area is kind of themed to Jules Verne novels. And when when you're inside of it, you can't see any other part of the park because you're encompassed by this mountain and everything. Yeah, it's – I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. I don't want to – it's very nautical, almost steampunky. It's the only thing I could kind of think of. A lot of – metal and interesting contraptions in the center of of this big Little area yeah yeah it's and like again a- it has it has water there but we went to journey to the center of the earth right early away. in the morning because you know that that line gets very long the queue is very well themed one thing we kind of both noted is the way it kind of twists and turns through uh this rock work and lab you have no idea where you've been or where you have to go so it does a really nice job of making the wait not seem so long because if you can clearly tell hey i'm just doing all these switchbacks it kind of gets long because you're like okay i have five of these to go i have four of these to go but i will say at the end it seemed like it was getting longer because it's like dude i feel like we've been here like seven times already right but it's very much just like a wandering maze so it is very hard to just count oh wait I just need to go to these three rows. And so it does a good job. The queue is very well themed. The ride overall, I think maybe was overhyped. Yeah. This, it, this is the ride. Again, everybody tells you to ride it and yeah. it was really good. Yeah. It's really well done. So you're in, like you said, kind of these like steampunk looking cars and the whole, you know, conceit of the ride is you're going into the center of the earth and you know, then something happens. And what happens is you kind of unlock this, uh, monster. I think it's like the mother is who eventually like attacks you because it's like you disturb the eggs of these other monsters. But it's kind of it's a very quick ride though. It, right. It's over almost like before it starts. So yeah, we waited for about a half an hour 
it was it was interesting because it was sort of like a mixture between rivers of light at first and then it kind of got a little dinosaury where it started to, you could yeah. you could sense that impending doom yeah there's just kind of like very nice creatures and um and every like you said yeah it's it is kind of like that rivers of light where it's just kind of colorful you know these interesting alien looking creatures that you've never seen before but then yeah it, the, you can hear like the music like, i knew something was changing cuz you kind of heard a commotion and the music kind of change in it. Right. And then it ends up almost being like seven dwarves mind car because you are racing to get away from whatever creature you've disturbed. And like I said, we waited three out uh, 30 minutes to get in there. And I mean, it was maybe a 45 second ride. We, it ended so abruptly. I'm like, wait, is this over already? Yeah. It was very quick. You kind of, what you hear about this ride is it has a great animatronic and it does. But there's not really much more to the what ride was the than animatronic? that. I, I'm trying to think of what it so was. So that was like the big like bug creature. So so yeah. as you go in, like I said, you see these kind of creatures, and then you disturb something, and then there's this huge kind of mother bug creature in the middle that kind of attacks you, and then you essentially shoot off out of the center of the earth, and it shoots you out of the mountain, and it's a very quick. It's it's kind of like almost like test track or Radio Springs Racers where. You know, there's just one, you know, very quick shot where you, you go accelerate very quickly and kind of go around a, a bank turn and then it's over. I would have liked to have a little bit more after you shot out of the mountain just, it, just to have a little bit more time of, of driving around just to make it a little bit more thrilling. Because basically you hit you hit a high speed and then it's done. And it's like, oh, we're back in the unload. So if you think about the ride as every ride sort of a story in its own way, it, I think the best way to describe why this wasn't, it, it was a little bit of a miss for, I think probably both of us is that there wasn't much of a resolution. So I disagree with that. I mean, the resolution is you escape and you're back out of the center of the earth and you're back up, um, back on land. I don't know what you want to <laughs> say, but back on the surface of the earth. But I, you're I just, think, it's so close to all the excitement. I feel like that it, it doesn't feel like, yeah, enough. That, and that's what I said. I, I like the ride. I think, you know, the animatronic is really great. I think it's worth riding. I would have liked it to have just been a little bit longer. Not necessarily at the beginning, because I think that's good, just kind of, you know, yeah, seeing the, the creatures. But then once you shoot out of the mountain, just to have a little bit more there, I think would have been uh, really good. So the other ride in there is... A little more resolution, would you say? No. I think <laughs> you're resolved. So <laughs> the other ride there is the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. This is This is a really cool ride. Um, you know, the idea is you're getting on a submarine and you're going under the sea. And again, there are these like interesting creatures there. You're attacked, you know, something goes awry. You're attacked by like a Kraken. Um, but it, it's really well done. What's it's, interesting here is you have like flashlights that you can point at things so you can light up different areas. So it's a lot like Nemo, like the Nemo rides where you go under the water, but it is so... But you're not actually underwater. So that's a difference. So in, in Disneyland, the Nemo ride and even in in disney see the nemo ride you're actually in a submarine that's kind of going through you're in a lake and so mm-hmm. there is water but these rides it makes it appear like you're going underwater you go into this like yeah this summer but you're not thing, actually and underwater. then they have a basically a double glass that like a double glass viewing window and they fill the double glass with water and i literally thought we were under the water like i asked you and you looked at me and you said are you for real right now but it was so well done that I believed it 100% that we were under the water. But yeah, as you were saying, the flashlights were really interesting, how you could point and see 
different um animatronics different that would come out. Everything. yeah yeah and and so that gave it kind of an aspect of of you're in control so if you happen to see oh you know i see there's something interesting right here and then it popped out at you um you're not going to be as shocked as if it just popped out at you and you weren't looking there so that was fun and there were three different point viewpoints that you could be in the front of the ship or the left or right side so this ride was so much fun they had really cool vehicles and the people that we rode with were a lot of fun. They wanted to like talk to us and we didn't know Japanese and they didn't know English. So, but they were, we were laughing about it together and we had a, it was just, it was a really good, good ride. I think out of the two rides, the 20,000 leagues under the sea and journey, journey to the center, center of the earth. I like 20,000 leagues better. Yeah. 20,000 leagues. It was a much longer ride. So there was, there was more to kind of explore and get involved in. Again, I think just going back to journey to the center of the earth, it would have been better if it was just a longer ride. Yeah. I mean, it did definitely help that I think we ended up waiting about three minutes to ride journey or to ride 20,000 leagues. Yeah. We got a fast pass right away. Yeah. The standby line was 40 minutes and we're like, Oh, we don't really want to wait. And then we walked over to the fast pass and 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 saw that it was like five minutes. Yeah. It was for right then. You didn't think you didn't believe me. I was like, hold on, let's get a fast pass. We can go right now. And you were like, there's no way this is real. And you almost didn't want to get in a fast pass line because you thought they were going to tell me I was wrong, <laughs> that it really wasn't good for five minutes from now. Usually whenever things seem too good to be true, they are. But yeah, in this it case, was it wasn't. In this case, everybody was just waiting in line. Nobody wanted to get fast passes for it. So, well, that's that's the last land area there. I think just kind of real quick, we, you know, we mentioned at the beginning, a lot of people say that this is the best theme park ever built. I will say from kind of like an attraction perspective, you know, like we mentioned, a lot of the attractions are pretty quick. There are a lot of, you know, original themed attractions during the center of the earth, 20,000 leagues under the sea, Aquatopia, Aquatopia, the tower of terror, even, you know, is somewhat original themed. So if you look, if you're somebody that likes a lot of Disney based rides, you're not going to like like this as much. Right. Um, I, out of the two parks, I think that my favorite one was actually Disneyland. Uh, I like the unique spin that they took on some of the rides in the American parks. And I also liked the differences that they had in the rides. C wasn't my favorite because it didn't really, it felt more like a universal park to me than okay. it did at Disney. Yeah. So, but, but going back to kind of the theming of it. So again, you know, you may not like it if, if as much from a ride perspective, but I do think from a theme park though. So, I've kind of been watching the the Khan Academy uh, Imagineering series that they have, and it's interesting to hear how they think about theme parks and how they define theme parks. And it's all about having a, a story and like a purpose for the land. So I do think from that perspective, thinking of it as a theme park, all of these lands do have incredible theming, incredible stories. I mean, you, you say it's more of like a universal park, but Islands of Adventure is a great theme park. I mean, it's it's really well done. And this park is, is really well themed. I mean, Animal Kingdom is really well themed as well, where mm-hmm. that's all around one common theme of you know conservation and, and animals, whereas this is a theme of sea, but then there's individual lands. I mean, I'm not sure that I would say it's the greatest theme park ever built because, you know, I think, like I said, Animal Kingdom's really well done. I think Islands of Adventure is really well done. But I, I do see what people are saying because 
it's a great story. It's a common theme. They, they do such a great job of integrating things like transportation where they have boats in the water and, and they do a great job of the immersive environment. So it is a great park to just kind of walk around in, you know, and, and experience. So, I mean, I, I definitely recommend it. I mean, you mentioned you like Disneyland better in Tokyo. I think probably from, in attractions perspective, I, I would agree with you. But from yeah, just being in the park and kind of experiencing it, I definitely would pick Disney Sea over Disneyland there. If you're going to a Disney park to feel like you're in a Disney park, Disney Sea isn't going to be your favorite, in my opinion, because you're not going to see the characters walking around as much, or you're not going to have as many character meet and greets. You don't. They're not. They're not forward like they would be in a Disneyland. I completely disagree with that because there's there's characters walking around. There are character meet and greets there. They do have Duffy, mostly they, Duffy, and then there was a Mickey, I think. But there were a ton of characters walking around. We saw Corella Deville. We saw Mr. and Mrs. Incredible. We did see Genie. We saw Genie. We saw Pluto. We saw the Aristocats. So there was a lot of characters there. I think you're forgetting. <laughs> I did forget about so, all of that. So okay, minus that, but yeah, add the th- fact that they the have, characters are more prominent have, in the other parks. They have Little Mermaid. They have Toy Story. So it, it definitely does feel like a Disney theme park. But it is a little bit different. I mean, it's not like your traditional Magic Kingdom Disneyland. You know, right. it's more it's more like an Animal Kingdom um, where it's it's an overarching theme, but then there are Disney characters in there. Even like an Epcot. I mean, Epcot until recently didn't have mm-hmm. a ton of Disney characters in there. All right, you got me there. But I think it's, it's much better than Epcot because Epcot is very much... Epcot's just food centered. It's really, Epcot's kind of the park for adults. Yeah, it doesn't have, Epcot I feel like doesn't have as much of the immersive nature. And and again, Epcot was built a long time ago before Disney Sea was built. So I mean, it makes sense. They're redoing Epcot. So in five years, Epcot may be extremely immersive, you know? So it's not necessarily a fair comparison just because of, of how things change over time. But I definitely think it's a great park to go to. And they're expanding, they're adding uh, a Tangled Land, um, an Arendelle, a Peter Pan uh, area in this. So I think in a couple of years, this park's going to be even better. They're adding yeah. Beauty and the Beast to Tokyo Disneyland. So I think that's going to be even better. Yeah, so. it's, it's kind of crazy. Whenever you were telling me about all the things they're adding, I'm like, dude, in five years, this is going to be a completely different park. Exactly. There's going to be so many more well, rides to go to and ride. It's like we weren't even here. Beauty and the Beast is opening next year for 2020 in time for the Olympics. And then... The Disney Sea expansion, I believe, is 2022. So yeah, so within three years, there's there's going to be a lot of a lot of new stuff in here. So I think that kind of wraps up our our trip recap of both parks. We kind of really got into a lot of detail. If there's anything um, that you think we missed, or you have any specific questions about the parks, you know, please let us know. You can let us know via Facebook at Enchanted Ears Podcast or on our website, EnchantedEarsPodcast.com/slash podcast question i think we may be doing uh you know a couple other episodes around this maybe some you know tips for first timers to the the tokyo resort you know for people um traveling from america that may be nervous about traveling to japan or some some things they may want to know we talked about some of the stuff you know to know about and some of the differences, but we've sprinkled them throughout, but maybe condensing them into one episode might be a little bit more helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we may touch on some other stuff or if, if people have a lot of questions, we can maybe do 
another episode of just kind of answering questions like that. So so be sure to to do that. Or if you have and don't a, be afraid to ask in general. any like trip planning questions. Joe's really a, an expert at doing that kind of thing. So those kind of questions are always welcome. Any other questions or anything that you may have, you know, feel free to, to send them our way. I was thinking this week, you know, I listened to a lot of other podcasts and usually at the end of the podcast, they'll say, hey, this podcast was edited by so-and-so. And I feel bad because we do not give enough credit to the individual who edits all these podcasts yeah, every week. certainly not. So I want to, you know, end this week by saying this podcast was edited by me. Thank <laughs> you very much. So uh, big... <laughs> Big shout out to me. So written by you and me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Podcast was written by us. So thanks everyone for lending us your ears. Yeah. Thanks everyone. Uh, Have a great week and we'll see you here next Monday.